greetings. You are listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. We've been dealing with some heavy topics lately, and I always try to be inspiring along with being uh, educational and informative. So I think you're going to really like my next guest. She is Dr. Cami Benton. She's an MD. My previous guest, Jennifer Margulis, suggested her for the podcast. We all love Jennifer, so I know you're going to love Cami too. Uh, hi, Cami. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is, well, we, we it was a little hard to get uh, ourselves uh, together, which is not unusual these days. And usually I do a write-up before, but I didn't this time, and you and I decided we're just going to be in the flow. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about you, your background, and your interests. So my name is Cami Benton. I'm a medical doctor, and I practice family medicine, and I have my own direct primary care clinic. It's a monthly membership, which I consider to be more of a refugee clinic for people <laughs> who have medical choice and uh, who don't like to be harassed by their doctors. And I also do functional medicine, and I learned that due to my own medical misadventures and the medical misadventures of my own children. And so my, like I said, my refugee clinic for myself or my patients was created as a result in this full of blessings. Those hard things turn out to be blessings. And uh, I got involved, actually, I'm uh, involved with a vaccine issue about uh, back in 2015, when things started heating up for the country, mm -hmm. and partially, mostly due to the fact that my own children had pretty significant vaccine reactions. Mm -hmm. And I was dismissed. And, um, you know, you become the crazy mom when your kids have vaccine reactions in spite of the fact that you take them to get vaccinated in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that was a very interesting uh, opportunity to learn what it's like to be on the other side. Yes. And so, again, I have gratitude. My kids are actually, ultimately, they're okay. We've spent a lot of money on mm -hmm. uh, healing them, but they are okay. Well, and you know, we it's good to know that in general, many of the adverse reactions that happen with vaccines can be reversed. And we have a, a mutual... Uh, acquaintance, a mutual friend who also had a vaccine damaged uh, child and she's an MD and she went through hell, uh, but he's doing well now. But it, it takes a lot of work and, um, and effort to get to that place. And unfortunately, a lot of money too. Mm. Unfortunately, it, It's such a shame that the insurance does not, even though they, you, everything's mandated, theoretically, at least in uh, most states, um, and it's required for this and that. Um, but they also don't back you up whenever you have bad reactions. So mm -hmm. that's because they don't believe in vaccine reactions. They don't believe in the recovery of vaccine injuries, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, that's just how it works, right? Yep. That's crazy. You know, I, I don't understand that. I mean, I know what Ver, uh, the uh, Varus has put out, what, $4 billion so far in damages. And, and that is, it's my understanding that it's difficult to... To, to connect on a, on a legal basis, the, the injury to the vaccine. So we know that there are a huge number out there that are, aren't reported because it's, it's, um, what's the, what's the word I want? Oh, senior moment, not mandatory, but it's, uh, uh, Vol it's a volunteer. Thank you. That's the word I wanted. It's a voluntary reporting system. And the sad thing is that I did not even, I was a family physician trained to give vaccines. I've given plenty of vaccines in my past and I was unaware of VAERS. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember my nurse, when the two times I did report vaccine reactions, we reported it directly to the drug company who told us that they disagreed with us. And so they did not take the report mm -hmm. and we didn't even know about VAERS. And then when I, when my children had the vaccine reactions, I still didn't know about it until probably, you know, a year or two later. And when I discovered, I'm like, wait a second, why did I not know about this? And so I asked all my colleagues and nurses and people that I knew, and none of them had heard of it either. And so it's interesting that the FDA and the CDC, as well as a Harvard study, suggest only one to 10% of adverse reactions are even reported to VAERS. Right, right. Well, so, I was watching, uh, I think it was three weeks ago, the uh, the High Wire, the episode where he had three healthcare workers. One was a nurse practitioner, one was a, uh, a, a nursing assistant, and the other, I think she managed a surgery ward. And they all had, were still having seizures. And none of them had heard about VAERS beforehand. 
right? None of them. And you would think that healthcare workers would have it. But the other very unfortunate thing is that we are being taught as doctors that VAERS is not a reliable source of um, vaccine injuries because it is a self-reporting place to give the vaccine reactions to. And it was created, just so you know, so the listeners know, Mm -hmm. that 1986 in, in the United States, they... Uh, it was a, uh, the National Vaccine Childhood Protection Injury Act, where they made uh, vaccine makers like not liable. So in other words, you cannot sue them for vaccine reactions. And that was in response to such high numbers of lawsuits against them. So when this happened, they created VAERS. So that way we had a place to report things and to follow safety. However, the Department of Health and Human Services did not do the required every two-year studies, and the education was not given to doctors, so most of them, doctors and nurses, most did not even know about it. And But when you listen now, if you were to Google VAERS, you often get the articles right away, oh, this is an unreliable source of finding vaccine reactions. However, we don't know any other source to go look at, right? Right. So if they are, the propaganda supports the the diminished diminishing the um the severity of the adverse reactions of people and they're dismissing people already from the beginning and doctors are the ones being trained now that they're hearing about it more they're being trained oh no you can't trust it because someone said they turn into the incredible hulk because someone on the other side did that and so they're able to say see it's all like to be dismissed right which is unfortunate and the, the reality is that you're supposed to look at it for patterns of injury. So if you see recurring patterns, you know, like, okay, we need to take this seriously. That's the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a very scientific, scientific way of looking at it, but everything's dismissed. And so then when you take it to the courts, if it's not already on the approved list of adverse reactions based upon that, then you get totally dismissed too. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on about that, but it's <sighs> a real problem because no one's, even if you report it, tra- doctors are being trained to ignore it. Right. And and just so that everyone understands, I mean, I gave, I, and I've said this before, I, I'm embarrassed to say that I gave vaccines after I graduated from nursing school. I worked in a pediatric office and I didn't, you don't know any better. All you're taught is is to give vaccines and these are effective and, and that's it. You're not that's taught all- anything what? about adverse events, um, you know, what that can happen. You're not taught anything about how, uh, I mean, you look at the graphs of the more vaccines that are, and the more, the more vaccines that are given and the more off and the more often they're given, um, the rise in autism, chronic diseases, allergies, asthma. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's, you know, you can, you can see a relationship there. Right. And, and they're dismissing that due to well, they intentionally change the diagnostic criteria of autism. They do this a lot in uh, statistics in public health mm-hmm. and intentionally because they're like, oh, let's include more different types of like neurodevelopment issues in with autism, right? So mm-hmm. our mental retardation was sort of like was the older diagnosis. Well, so then this way, if we can actually lump in them all in together and then they start to teach us, oh, we have to celebrate all neurodiversity, and if you say anything about vaccine c- causing it, then people get angry because you're not celebrating neurodiversity. Oh, you see how it's the games they play with us. And so then you're ashamed for suggesting that autism might be related when indeed it's actually encephalitis is listed in the vaccine inserts. Encephalitis, brain inflammation, can lead to symptoms of autism. Mm-hmm. So it's like games of semantics that we're that are being played. So yeah, so when I, I'm 48 and when I was a child, I had 24 doses of vaccines. Um, my mother had maybe 10 doses of vaccines. And actually that was probably even only half the population was given that many vaccines at that time because the wealthier actually got more access to that. Then uh, now my children have, you know, 20, what is it? 26 doses, 24 doses of vaccines by six months of age. 46 doses by six years of age and 70 plus doses. And now they're trying to push the COVID vaccine. They have been preparing us for decades for this moment yes. to finally accept the, the brand new vaccine that's fully experimental and rushed. And so now they're hoping to get uh, down to first grade vaccinated by the fall or that it proved to be vaccinated by the fall, which is terrifying. 
It's for me. there's no I I don't understand what the reason. I mean, first of all, I don't understand. I mean, obviously to me it's a money maker and it's about it has to it's not about vaccines because no. When I was a kid, you know, I got measles, mumps, uh, chicken pox. I think I had polio, maybe smallpox. My mom isn't alive anymore, so I can't ask her. But I think that's pretty much it. That's all I had. And, you know, we're born, we're created with these immune, you know, however you want to describe it, these immune functions, this immune system that helps to keep us uh, in, in homeostasis and healthy. And why do we need all these vaccines? It's like... it. I, I just right. I can't even wrap my brain around it. I really well, can't. We, we know it's not about uh, immunity anyway because the schools are not accepting natural immunity. They're only accepting vaccine-induced immunity. So if it were what? truly immunity, right, the <sighs> antibodies responses do not count for this. It has to be vaccine-induced immunity. This is not about immunity. This is not about herd immunity. And plus, of course, the WHO changed the definition of uh, a immunity from herd immunity has to be vaccine induced, not naturally acquired. So yeah. they are changing definitions in front of our very eyes. So exactly. So they're, they're requiring it now for young people, young people under the age of 18, they have a one in a million risk of dying. That was per the CDC head uh, mm -hmm. last summer. And so the one in a million risk of dying, they're not super spreaders like they thought. And yet people are celebrating uh, vaccinating their children on Facebook, which perpetuates the propaganda. They're saying that everyone needs to be vaccinated in spite of their natural immunity. And even in Europe, they, uh, when the schools opened up, they found no increases in outbreaks. So it's really fear-based propaganda being pushed by people I know and love. They're mm -hmm. like, we have to for the sake of the greater good. However, the greater good is made up of individual parts. And as the individual parts are injured, that's a problem. So going back to VAERS, mm -hmm. um, VAERS now has more reports of vaccine-related deaths due to COVID in the last five months than we have had in the last 15 years with all vaccines combined. Isn't that crazy? I mean, seriously, <laughs> it, it, it just seems so crazy to me. Okay, now I have a question for you. And I, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but it's something that has come to me and I, I haven't had anybody to ask. So. My understanding is that with this COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 uh, injection, that it's, uh, okay, let's see, how do, okay, so that it creates, it causes your body to create antibodies, but it's totally missing the natural killer cells aspect of fighting an, an illness, a bacteria, virus, whatever, a pathogen. And so when you are exposed to the wild virus, that the natural killer cells can't kick in because uh, of the these aggressive antibodies. Do regular vaccines that are live virus or attenuated viruses with an adjuvant, does that do the same thing? You know, I'm not, I can't honestly tell you for sure about that. I do know because I have, I'm not an immunologist. I will say that right there. Um, mm -hmm. And I think doctors I know don't know the answer to that either. But I think a lot of us just don't know. Isn't you know, that I an interesting question, though? It's it like is. I do know that in regular, most vaccines in general, they induce very specific parts of the immune system. Whereas when you have natural infections, there's multiple layers of the immune system that are exposed right. and are stimulated. And so there's memory cells or B cells and T cells. There's natural killer cells. There's layers of immune cells that we want to have stimulated and to learn about infection. And a lot of these things can, and, and like, for instance, pertussis has its own antibody responses from the inside, the lung lining, that whenever you take the Tdap vaccine or the, the pertussis vaccine, that it only induces the type of immunity that circulates in your blood, but not in your lungs. And that's why so many people can still get pertussis oh. by being vaccinated, even though they're quote immune, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, and it took us a long time to figure that out. And so the problem is we don't have time on our side with this vaccine. We don't know what kinds of immunity long-term this will have. But what we do know is that the SARS immunity is still seems to be in effect 18 years later, that people are still testing positive for their infections 18 years later. But yet our own government was telling people, oh, you're, you will only have immunity for like maybe 
30 to 90 days with natural immunity, but for vaccine-induced immunity, it'd be longer. Yet, they're talking about adding a third booster dose to Pfizer, and we need annual doses, if not every six-month doses, to make it work. So there's lots of irrational like logic yeah. there. I mean, I, yeah, it sounds like it's totally reversed, right? <laughs> that right. your natural immunity lasts much longer than this injection does. And which I was makes, just... Pardon? Which makes sense. I mean, our mm -hmm. natural immunity should last longer. It makes R sense. Right. And I was also reading that because when you your natural uh, response to a pathogen, uh, also your body can generalize to other variants um, and be effective against those variants or however you want to call them. Um, and that, so if you've had a, a coronavirus infection of some sort in, in the in the past, that most likely you are already immune to this. Right. That's what I've heard. And, but the thing is, when you look at media, you're hearing such a mix of information. Everything sounds so rosy and positive and beautiful. And then on the other hand, you're reading, you're seeing in countries where they are having mass vaccine campaigns and they're getting a rise of infection afterwards. Mm -hmm. And which is totally opposite of what you're actually hearing from the media. You're like, well, what's the truth? Right. Right. Like, what's the truth? And I, the, the thing is, again, we're so early on, we don't know the truth. But one thing I've heard from, you know, some immunologists out there, there's a lot of discussion, which is natural in science to have people have different ideas. That's totally natural. Mm -hmm. But a lot of immunologists are worried that why, if we are mass vaccinating during the active part of the pandemic, that it, we're more likely to create more dangerous variants or mutations of the virus. Like every virus mutates. We have more viruses in this world than we have stars in the galaxy, right? Right. It is normal for these viruses to mutate and change, but normally when there's big, big outbreaks, the viruses become less dangerous over time, mm -hmm. not more dangerous, but we're getting more dangerous, more virulent uh, versions circulating, and they suspect it's because of this. Uh, there's there's this um, very complicated terminology, but basically because it, this, the virus wants to survive and we're trying to vaccinate, it's trying to get around the vaccine mm -hmm. to stay alive. Right. So right. we are facing actually, and I will say, you know, I, I've been treating with ivermectin hydroxychloroquine the whole time. And I would have just, I'm talking about rich, like turnarounds within six to 12 hours. People are like, man, this is like magic. Like just getting better. Say that but again, Cami, because that's really important. I want people to get this because, you know, as far as I would understand, the only reason to get this injection is because... It, this is so deadly, and this is going to save you, and there are no treatments. Right. Oh, well, I, I have a lot to say about this, actually, because... Go ahead. You know, yeah. <laughs> Early on, yeah, yeah. So just the real quick of what I was saying, real quick, is that I've, I've had such good success with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, but so have many doctors. There's the Americans' frontline doctors that are prescribing this mm -hmm. with such great success. But in the last two months, I feel like ivermectin is becoming less effective. And what I'm concerned mm. is that over the last two months, we're having a higher like rate of vaccinated and a higher rate of uh, these variants that you know, we are concerned about. So, which is exactly what those immunologists were predicting, right? So mm -hmm. kind of going back, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, which of course, I'm sure you've talked about the event 201 and all the other events. Well, that were no, no, I haven't. Go ahead. Oh, well, you know, well, I, I'm not going to spend that much time on that, but just look up event 201. And this, there's a whole exercise related to this coronavirus pandemic in the October prior in 2019, prior to this, where they included media and Moderna, one of the vaccine makers, um, as the the main vaccine maker for this pandemic that they were practicing for. So, Bill Gates, I don't trust. Oh gosh, course, don't get I'm me started. Now, don't yeah, don't even get me started on him. Um, anyway, so but right away it was kind of interesting because I do integrative and functional medicine. That, you know, here we are, we're, we're facing this pandemic where you're seeing people dropping like flies. And you're like, is this stuff coming out of the, dropping out of the air? Is this a bioweapon? You know, how do we combat this? And because it was, I think everyone was still scared at the beginning, even if a lot of us got more comfortable over time. Mm -hmm. It's really scary. Like we kind of closed down the country mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people willingly did it uh, before, because we didn't know what was happening at all. Right. So 
we were excited. Okay, well, let's look at let's look at um, history of studies with coronavirus, and we we're finding all these really cool studies with stinging nettles and um, you know, quercetin with zinc. And so we're finding all these really cool things. And then before you know it, I'm getting medical literature from my journals saying, oh, we're going to shut down these integrative clinics for promoting immune, like lying to people and promoting snake oil, basically. Clearly, the only thing that can help in a pandemic are pharmaceuticals and vaccines, right? So we're getting this really early on. I saw there was a clinic that was rated, quote, rated by the uh, FDA for um, giving free IV vitamin C to healthcare workers. Oh, for he was, but now no charges are actually brought because he wasn't doing anything wrong, but it's, it's the press, it's the negative press that you get, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this, this idea that these integrative doctors are taking advantage. There was this one supplement called alpha thymus, thymus and alpha one is a peptide mm-hmm. should to dra- dramatically to decrease mortality. And they had articles like by NPR of the such that, oh, dangerous integrative clinics are offering thymus and alpha one and compounding pharmacies are just terrible and they're you know providing this and we need to shut them down so actually the fda finally took it off the market were there any harms by it no no there were no harms so here we are in a pandemic where you would think that they would want scientific integrity they want scientific curiosity mm-hmm. you know you we would want to celebrate supporting the immune system while farmers i mean i'm fine with pharmaceutical companies trying new meds you know up medicines that have been shown to be helpful like um, hydroxychloroquine was found to be helpful in previous um, SARS mm-hmm. infections. Right. Um, ivermectin as well. So these were old studies even. They're like, let's try this, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as it, we start, as unfortunately, as soon as Trump mentioned it, yeah. it became, oh, you're a Trumper. So they made it political. Right. So suddenly doctors were like, oh, no, you cannot do that or you're, you must be a horrible conservative person. I'm like, you know, I never prescribed medicine according to my president before i'm not sure why i should you know i'm like this was not part of my medical training was to prescribe according to what the president said but yet it became that very strong political thing so it became really divided Mm -hmm. in the medical community including the integrative community that either you were a covid denier or Mm -hmm. you believed fully in it and it was one or the other it was attached to morality and, and but most of the COVID deniers even where people are like, hey, just something's not adding up here. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Could this be a bioweapon? And then, I mean, I in the early phases in April, I was like, could this be a bioweapon? And then I got accused of hating Chinese people because of, I was like, could this be a bioweapon? I'm like, <laughs> wow. what is happening here? Like, why? I know. We should. If, if something's coming out of, you know, if you know anything about the Wuhan lab and our ties to the United States government, and making this virus more um, of a bioweapon, we know that this is what they do, then why would we not ask the question, right? Anyway, so we get yes. back on to the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine. So j- just as a, an interesting story to know how doctors are, I signed up for a telemedicine company job last summer thinking, oh, no, the economy is going to crash. And I wanted to make sure I could keep my employees paid. So I was like, you know, I'll work this extra job just in case, and I, you know, working 20 hours a week. So we have this, it's very interesting. We have this physician chat room that they go through and, and it's helpful things for each other. It's kind of supportive uh, things on how to manage telemedicine, which is very different than face-to-face medicine. Right, well, yeah. all of a sudden this stuff came up with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, and you see them making fun of patients requesting it. Oh my gosh, they're going to start lying about scabies in order just to get their ivermectin as if they yeah. are, they are maliciously trying to get help for their COVID. And literally they would just say, it's just Tylenol and hydration. And I'm like, well, good grief. Tylenol decreases glutathione, mm. which is an important antioxidant in your body to fight off infection. Mm-hmm. Also lowering fever is harms your immune system. Like you, fever helps to fight off infection. Right. And so for all the reasons to not give Tylenol, but Tylenol and hydration. And basically this is what I still hear. Doctors are being trained to say, just town on hydration until you are too short of breath. You can't walk to the bathroom. You're kidding. Then, then you can come into the hospital and we will treat you. That's literally what we're doing to patients. Oh my and God. so when I had a patient, like they call it in, of course, I prescribed the stuff. So I gave some hydroxychloroquine and then her mother also had it. So she caught and got another doctor on the on the telemedicine mm-hmm. line. And he, all of a sudden he posted in the, uh, in the chat room, 
oh no, one of our physicians is giving hydroxychloroquine. This is an embarrassment to our company. And the next thing you know, all these doctors chime in, oh no, how can we have a doctor practicing such horrible medicine? And they're all like doing this chiming in thing, and which I'm laughing at this point because by October, I'm like, I'm done with these people, you know, I, and I'm contracted for 18 months. I still have to work until December. So I'm like, I'm still going to prescribe because mm-hmm. I answer to God at the end of the night. I don't mm-hmm. answer to them. So the mother got on and then she got on with me. I gave her her hydroxychloroquine. Two days later, that company sent out an email. It is against company policy to prescribe hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. So, of course, I still prescribe because I answer to God, not to them. Mm-hmm. And they haven't they haven't fired me yet, and I still prescribe it. But Good the reality for you. is that, but that's what's happening is that doctors are being bullied. And I will tell you, doctors are the biggest suck ups I've ever known. So we are A students. We want to be the best, and we don't want to be that quack. We want to be that the best student ever. Right. So we are very mm-hmm. compliant people by nature as a profession. I'm not. I'm super rebellious. But I as a as a profession, we're very compliant. And so that is the perfect storm of getting doctors to follow blindly what the media says. And as you know, media receives 70 percent of their funding by pharma. Right. So you're basically listening to constant commercials. And in 2012, they opened up the propaganda from the government to be legal to be put into movies, TV shows, commercials. And so we get constant pharma propaganda for years, not just this year, not just last year. This has gone on now for at least you know, nine or 10 years that right. it was allowed legally. So we're facing all this constant propaganda. So we put people on lockdowns, which has horrible science behind it right? and cause way more deaths and damage and harm. So we, we lock people into their homes to watch 24-7 propaganda. You know, I had, it's funny, I hadn't thought of that, that aspect that, yeah, everybody's locked in their homes. So what are, there's nothing to do except watch TV. Interesting. So we create fear. Mm-hmm. We create this idea that you are morally corrupt. And again, I'm not going to talk politics. I don't care if you like Trump or hate Trump. I don't, that's yep. not, I don't Who really cares? care. Yep. But, but the morality that they attach to people that then they tied into the, even the medical side of it is disturbing because it's pure propaganda. Mm-hmm. Again, like I, I, again, most doctors I know who prescribe ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, they could give a rat's ass about <laughs> what the president wants or what, what the president doesn't want. This is not like, they're not medical people. Right. And so our job is to, my job is to dig in and try to find the truth. And my job in a pandemic is to do whatever I can to help my patients survive and not cause harm. And so for me, we're able to do, we do supplements. And, and of course, I have to declare right here, the FDA does not approve any of these comments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot, mm-hmm. these do not provide cures or whatever. So, but, you know, doing the, you know, the higher dose vitamin D, cod liver oil, vitamin C, stinging nettles, quercetin with zinc, or if you, for, for honestly, the younger people would just do the quercetin with zinc. Um, but if any adults, you know, I'd offer the hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, I would get such quick results. And I would say, like I said, in the last two months, two or three months, I feel like I have some patients who they don't seem to respond to either. And I wonder if it's the new worst variants. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I will, for those people, we do nebulizers with hydrogen peroxide mm-hmm. or Lugol's iodine, and it works beautifully. Doesn't it? I can, may yes. I, may I offer a little something here? So, uh, because of luckily I copied everything down before Mercola took down, um, his alternative therapies and I got a nebulizer and I, I, I was one day I was working for my chiropractor and there were some, uh, patients who had been v- vaccinated in there and he always adjusts me when I work. So I went home and I felt really good. And then later I started feeling kind of sick and I thought this is weird because I, they weren't like right next to me. I didn't think, but anyway, I got my nebulizer out and I used it and then I, I felt fine. Now the next day or a couple of days later, I go out to my chicken coop and my little fluffy, she's like gooey drooling from her mouth and she can barely breathe. And I'm like, Oh God, I thought, well, if this works on humans, why not animals? So, so I put her in a little bucket with a towel, and I put the uh, I, I put the nebulizer part. Um, I use the the uh, mouthpiece one. Put it in there, and um, put a towel over it. I did that twice, and she's fine. 
I thought she was going to die. I mean, really. she. Wow, there's bad. so many cool things we could do to support our immune system, but that has been so demonized. So just like I said, the, the WHO has literally dismissed natural immunity as a form of herd immunity, which herd immunity is really based on natural, <laughs> natural immunity. And they're literally changing the definitions and they are convincing people that their own human immunity is substandard compared to pharma. And pharma, again, is a liability-free trillion-dollar industry, yep. right, that mm-hmm. has free commercials, free, like, purchases from the government, which people say, oh, but it's free. It's not free. Your tax dollars are paying yeah. for it. <laughs> it's coming from and, somewhere. And as soon as it becomes approved, like, it's under emergency authorization, which I'm going to go back to that in a sec. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's under emergency authorization. When it turns into regular authorization, then people start paying for it. So this is just a temporary thing for the tax dollars. Mm-hmm. So back to the emergency authorization, the other important thing to know is that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, if they were found to be effective, which tons of studies show their efficacy, I don't care. If someone's out there listening who says, who gets angry at this because people are trained to have visceral responses to this. There are plenty of studies. There's like hundreds, hundreds, if not maybe thousands of studies combined of all the ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. But if they there were alternatives that were effective, they cannot give emergency authorization for this vaccine. Mm-hmm. So there is absolute incentive to squash any anything else that could be remotely effective. And interesting, actually, now I just remember, they actually just found a surprise uh, medicine that was found effective like four years ago against coronavirus that they just stumbled upon that was super effective as an antiviral. And of course they waited till after the vaccine was really rolling out in full force to start mm-hmm. working on it. So now they're going to be able to roll out a new antiviral after the vaccine is approved and basically mandated across the board. Wow. Yes. What about, um, I've been reading recently about pine needle tea. Oh yeah, I've recently, yeah, I've, I haven't dug into that one yet, but I've had several people send me the articles on it. Um, yeah, I, I got four in one day, four people. <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh, supposedly um, is to help you also with the effects of that potential trans, not shedding, but transmission, transmission. related to other people right. who have had the vaccine because there's some concern about people who have close exposure to people who've been vaccinated having such weird side effects like uh, heavy bleeding. Right. And so the needle tea is supposed to help with that. But I actually have patients who have used it for the regular colds in general and how effective it is anyway. Mm-hmm. So okay. that was inter- that's all I know about it, though. So, it yeah, if anybody's interested in trying it, go, go online and do a search because there are some conifers that you shouldn't use and there are other conifers that are safe to use. So um, it's not just any... Uh, yeah, any any conifer uh, tree. It's I, I know white pine is supposed to be the. I don't think I have them here. I think we're too high up. But um, white pine, my understanding is that's supposed to be the the tastiest. And um, and it sounds like it's fir. Do you have you do you have balsam firs on there? Because I know essential oils actually have a line of balsam fir. Right, right. I didn't see that as an. I, I forget which ones were the negative for. Um, for, you know, not to use, but there were only maybe five or so, but I think cedar was okay. Yeah. I'd have to look, I'd have to look at the article, but there, there are some different articles online. No, there's so many cool things you could do to support your immune system. And that is um, systematically not only dismissed, but actually punished by the government and the government uh, is continuously like going after they They just started going after NAC. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, NAC. I'd actually take it. it yep. Oh, it's N-acetylcysteine, and there's no harm to it. It's a beautiful supplement. I, I use it all the time, and it's been – it actually used to be a prescription that we used in the hospitals to protect people's kidneys when we would give CT scans with, like, contrast. We'd give mm. it to them for that, and we'd give it to people with COPD sometimes you know, to help with the mucus. Well, as an integrative doctor, we use it for, like, increasing glutathione, for, again, thin, thinning the mucus, for detoxification, for – biofilm disruption. There's so many cool things we use it for. And now suddenly the FDA has just taken off the market, not because it's harmful, but it's like, just because you, just because you can't do it. Say you can't even find it on Amazon right now. So it's, uh, uh, really? Oh, well, I can, I've, hmm, I better stock up. (laughs) up. If you can find it, you cannot get it on Amazon now. It was, Mm. it was sudden. It was automatic, like off the, off of Amazon. And so I'm like, like scrounging, like I went and hurried up and got, we ordered some stuff off of our medical line, try to get some in. And so I'm going to be hoarding one or two bottles and, 
you know, cause you don't use them that I don't use them that often, but I definitely use them when I'm sick and people, it's just so effective when people are sick with bronchitis. There's so many good things and the FDA just keeps taking it down. Now, I don't know if they're taking it off in order to be able to sell it again at a more, much higher price point, mm-hmm. you know, as a prescription, mm-hmm. that might be the case, but that's the problem is the, is the, it's the revolving door between pharma, the FDA, the CDC. Um, of course, the same thing happens in big ag with, you know, the EPA and um, the FDA and all those things. They're all like this revolving door of the people rubbing each other's backs. And right. and, and the fact that this is why I, I inherently cannot trust, you know, the government with this or like the government institutions like the CDC, because most of the CDC backing comes from pharma. Right. Right. I mean, you you can't. There's such a conflict of interest, and the, the levels of conflict of interest get deeper and deeper the more you learn. Right. And, People and need to understand this. Like, yes. I was just talking to a friend today, and I said that I was watching a little clip of Rand Paul um, grilling Fauci. That was and, great. Yeah, was and it. and I said he was lying. He's lying through his teeth. There are there's documentation, and my friend's like, why why would he lie? I'm like, because he has. Uh, serious vested interest in these vaccines right right you know it's it's crazy and and the cdc okay so i just read this recently did the cdc just change the um the criteria for for pcr testing well well that yeah but no this was for um for the adverse effects of the vaccines, like for reporting them, that now they only want uh, what uh, what if, if the person's hospitalized or dies. I think. Okay, so that is for uh, yes. Yeah, so two points I definitely want to make on that. So yeah, okay. that's for regarding the people. Say so they were following breakthrough cases, but right. the breakthrough okay, cases just got out of hand of people who were vaccinated who still got COVID, and so now they're like, Do you know what? We're not even following that anymore. Let's just follow the hospitalizations and the. Uh, deaths. Now, interesting, okay. all year long, we've been arguing, we need to follow hospitalizations and deaths, not cases, because we're having all these asymptomatic cases. But no, 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 we, we stay with cases, cases, cases all year long. Now, now we have the vaccines out and like increasing numbers actually vaccinated. They've switched it to hospitalizations and cases to follow, which that dramatically decreases the numbers so that gives the appearance that the vaccine is more effective. Right. This is how they do it through for many different conditions. The other thing I really want to mention about the PCR testing, this is huge. I know. And this is something we all predicted. So PCR testing is what people are getting, uh, for those who don't know, that with the saliva test or like in the back of the nose, there's a rapid test. It's an antigen test. But then there's the PCR test. The PCR test is considered more the gold standard. And... Um, <laughs> The, that that is used now. It's interesting when they created this these PCR tests, they had not even isolated the COVID vac- the virus yet. So they're doing it based on extrapolation. Anyway, number one, so they they it's based upon these cycles it's called cycle times, and right. and they do these cycles so many times until they can get to a certain sweet spot. They say, oh, there's this many fragments of coronavirus that we find, so this is positive, which t- typically is between 28 to 30. They're like, okay, that's a sweet spot. But over 33 is considered a false positive because you just have fragments of dead virus that could be really any kind of coronavirus, which a coronavirus is a cold virus in right. general. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but uh, throughout this whole year, we've used 37 to 40 cycle times. So we're well over that cutoff per the CDC recommendation for cutoffs for PCR. For, and that's why we had all these false positives across the country, right? Yes. So, so again, we're, we have all these false positives that are probably all those asymptomatic cases of coronavirus that created havoc, right? You know, like, oh, you've got, you're positive, you're, te- you're weekly, you test positive, you have no symptoms, and the entire family is on quarantine for like 14 days and you never develop symptoms, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, so we have that all year long. We're going by cases, 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 including all these false positives now. And we all said last year, like, wait a second, we know that they're going to go down as soon as the vaccine comes out, which will artificially reduce the vaccine, the, the, the cases of coronavirus, which did happen. They went down to 28. Mm-hmm. They just announced that this last month that they went down to 28 cycle times, which is now down to the optimal range. 
So now there's going to dramatically reduce the cases. And like I said, even beyond then, they're going to go to hospitalizations and deaths. Right. So it's going to look miraculous reduction in cases mm-hmm. for coronavirus. And doctors are going by that without realizing that they've reduced, that they've lowered the criteria. It's disgusting corruption. It, it, you know, it just amazes me that we have gotten to this point where it's just, I mean, it, it this doesn't happen overnight, right? This corruption, no. it, it, it's taken decades to decades. get here and, and that it's been so well hidden by most of us. I know there are people who, I mean, you know, I've heard a lot of quote unquote, conspiracy theories for decades. And some of it I've thought, well, you know, that sounds reasonable. And a lot of it I thought, oh, that's just too much. But more and more, I'm realizing it probably wasn't too much. It's not conspiracy theory when it keeps coming true. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, facts are, you know, the facts are facts. And um, just because they're hidden doesn't mean that it's not true. And the problem is we know about the algorithms, you know, they, they've created the algorithms. So the problem is that people like you and me, we keep hearing the same stuff over and over again. So we are, what we see on like Facebook and Twitter, they have it such that we keep saying the same kind of stories over and over again. So I'm thinking, well, how can my friend keep, how can my doctor friends keep pushing this other stuff here? Do they not see my posts at all? And the reality is that most of them don't, I've been shadow banned. And mm. so a lot of my friends think, well, Kama, you've hardly been posting at all lately on Facebook. I'm like, I'm posting nonstop. So I am being shadow banned by Kami. What is shadow? I don't know what shadow banned is. Huh. Shadow banned means that I am posting and I think that people can see it, but they cannot. Oh, I wonder if that's what's happening to me. Huh. That's definitely. Ha- no, it is happening. It is known. This is definitely happening. It started last summer. Okay. So anti-vaxxers are now called the top 10 global threats upon, you know, by the World Health Organization. You know, it's not poverty, um, sex trafficking, tra- oh, sex trafficking, God. you know, hunger, starvation, which, quite frankly, Gates and Bezos could probably fix easily if mm-hmm. they wanted to. Uh, but that's not the goal, is it? Uh, <laughs> it's not to really fix health. Um, anyway, so we we have like... All these things so going on propaganda wise. So then they Google and all the major uh, you know, search engines announced that they were going to combat anti-vaxxers and Facebook. And that's when they started doing the, the more aggressive algorithms where, number one, it's hard to find what you wanted to find on that you used to be able to find easily on Google. Now mm-hmm. it's like nearly impossible to find unless you type it just perfectly like right. the ICANDecide.org, like the... Mm-hmm. The I can I love them. They're doing amazing, amazing work. So I can decide.org. If you don't do it exactly right, you can't even find them now. Right. Um, is that is that Dell Big Trees? Dell Big Trees. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I amazing. actually started um, a, a monthly donation because I think the work they're doing is yeah. important. They're doing amazing legal work trying to protect these college students now being required to have the vaccine to go in this fall to all these uh, colleges. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's happening. Like theoretically, you're like, well, how can they force uh, a vaccine that has only emergency authorization? Like it says no one can be mandated under emergency authorization because it's experimental. Good However, question. the reality is that we know and they know the FDA is planning to prematurely approve it and get it off the emergency authorization status really soon, uh, probably within the next month or so. That's oh, the boy. word on the that's why they're able to require it, mm. FYI. So no, most vaccines take seven to 10 years, if not way longer. The fastest ever is like seven years to get approved. And you look at this one, it's about to be approved any day now. So anyway, so yes, you're you're probably being shadow banned. I used to have like hundreds, if not thousands of, I mean, and I'm just a regular local girl, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I had plenty of people. I could have like thousands of views of something and now I have like 200 or 50 wow. views. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's dramatically reduced. And I'm sitting there like, well, maybe if I tag people. And it's like the more people I tag, the fewer people see it. Really? Yes. Wow. And Facebook limits, like if you're trying to share something in Messenger. So, oh, okay, well, fine. We'll go through Messenger. So then they realized that. So then they started limiting you. You're going to share things yep. to five different yep. people. Yeah. <laughs> it's to combat this misinformation. Mm-hmm. It's like this misinformation is like literally they are going after doctors that are trying to post about the ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or the doctors, the doctor who was trying to say, Hey, the ventilators are killing people. Um, so we need to not do this. This is having, so doctors who are trying to share information real time in a real pandemic were absolutely censored and shut off. Like, do you want people to live or die? 
Well, that's a good question. You know, I mean, first of all, uh, I think there's enough evidence to show that this did come from the lab. And um, uh, as uh, I don't know if you saw last week's The High Wire, but uh, Dr. Fleming was saying how a a natural mutation is one nucleotide at a time. And 12, 12 nucleotides were were changed. And he was saying that, you know, we're talking about, like, how did this just balloon and go all over the world in, I I don't know what the exact timing was, but a very short period of time, it should have taken much longer to travel along and, and infect people. I mean, there's something, you know, let's chunk up what is, you know, why this push for vaccines? Why this? What's going on? What do you think? Again, you look at at Event 201. This is planned. It's all planned. And then you look at what happened in New York. I don't know if you saw the, I don't even know if I, I'm sure I have it deep in Facebook, but there was a a nurse who did an undercover thing up in New York. The undercover nurse, yes. (laughs) It was amazing. And she got, I mean, she had video recording. She had proof. She was former military. She had proof of them literally letting people die ventilating them when they didn't even need it in the first place. So the, and at one point, I think it was in May, as of May, they had 40% of the deaths of the whole world's total, like tally of deaths from coronavirus was in New York. And then you have Cuomo who has the ship there. They have emergency hospitals, but yet they're sending positive nursing home patients back to the nursing homes. And the nursing homes, interesting, like nursing home patients make up 0.5% of the population. They mm. find that 50% of nursing home patients die within um, like five months. And then anyway, this is regardless. And so like 40%, 40 to 50% of the deaths globally are in those patients that are nursing home patients. So here is Cuomo, and he knew this. They all talked about it, and yet he sent these positive cases back to nursing homes. Cammie, why, why are these hospital personnel... Why are these doctors and nurses going along with this? What do you think is, what, what, what's your hypothesis? I mean, I, I just can't imagine. I, I mean, I couldn't work in the hospital for very long anyway. It drove me nuts. But I had to get out and do visiting nursing, things like that, where yeah, I felt yeah. like I was really doing something positive. But what, why, how can they, how can they're in good conscience, how can they go along with this? Here's the thing is that it goes back to the whole propaganda thing. Those people who are watching mainstream media are hearing only the other side, right? And so I, I can tell you the people who I know that I'm, that are my classmates, I believe in their hearts, they are doing the right thing. And the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine has suddenly become the most dangerous medicines ever, even though they have 65 years of safety data. Somehow they got brain, I, I don't know any other explanation besides brainwashing because I think they truly believe it and and they go along with it and they believe these vaccines are the only way to save us. So even before the vaccine came out, the only way to save us is the vaccine. Why can't these other medicines save us? Right? So here we have like I, I said what happened to me in my particular telemedicine experience, but I'm seeing it patients. I treat people from all over the state now, all over the country call in and I treat them. They're like, my doctor says, don't come in until I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> and, and they literally, this is happening across the country. I believe, like you said, I believe the doctors are directly like causative for causing the hundreds of thousands of deaths from COVID because they could have been saved the majority could have been saved and they are directly the cause of it. Yet in their minds, just like with a lot of the childhood vaccines that are unnecessary, they think that they are like doing the right thing. Why? Because this is what they're trained. So they're only getting that one source of news, but it takes, you know, like with me and other, I always kind of question things anyway, mm-hmm. even back in residency, I was kind of like, Oh, something doesn't feel good here, you know, mm-hmm. but for them, they're like, Oh, I'm here. I'm saving lives. And, and it's that ego that gets along with becoming an MD. Mm-hmm. And, and I, on the other hand, I was like, I feel like I'm causing more harm than good here. Like there's something wrong with, I, mean, I just knew it's, I, I don't know. I feel like God maybe puts in this inherent, um, question mark in you when you see things. And mm-hmm. I just always was not convinced. And I grew up, by the way, I grew up super poor in the country, like the first one went to college. So I did not come from mm-hmm. a traditional thing. And that maybe that helped me, you know, mm-hmm. I had to work my way and question everything all the way through. And maybe that kind of created my curiosity. 
But really, these people believe they're doing the right thing. They believe that they are saving lives and that people like me are dangerous to society and that we need to be stopped. And they really believe it. And I can't, it's, it is such, we have become like we live in different planets and yep. we have been so far removed from each other that, and I, by nature, I'm a hippie. I'm a peacemaker. I believe in trying to see the other side and can we cross each other's mm-hmm. like ideas. And so we can find a middle ground. Yes. They don't want to find a middle ground. They don't want to find a middle ground. They're not going to. And they have been trained to have a visceral reaction to you. I went to Israel for a vaccine, a um, physician's form. By the way, I'm a member of Physicians for Informed Consent out of California. Definitely have people to follow them, too, because they are doing good work, too. We're trying to come up with patient information. But anyway, so I was over in Israel at a conference for uh, this. And I remember being on an airplane. And the guy was like, so. And he was from North Carolina, interestingly, coming from Israel and uh he he lived over in Germany for several years so he's like so what were you doing I'm like well let me tell you you know so I started telling him and you could see him visibly getting uncomfortable and like his face kind of got red and but he couldn't move because he were we were taken off I, I had I had I had him like stuck there and I'm like okay so I just talked about my my child's back I was just talking about my daughter's vaccine reaction mm-hmm. and so as he was like, like I said, getting all kind of uncomfortable, I'm like, well, let me ask you is like, since you are not anything medical, I want to ask you why you're having such a physical response. Like your, your face is turning red, you're wiggling. Cause I know you can't move uh, because of takeoff, just because I'm telling you about child had a reaction. So why are you getting so angry about this? I mean, I think I would think a normal person would have sympathy for someone whose child got injured. Yes. And so, curiosity. Uh, so, so why is that? He's a, well, I mean, uh, are you like one of those crazy anti-vaxxers? You know, I oh, you know, I'm like, well, let me tell you the science. I went through and went all the science and all the difference in the politics and the corruption of it because he couldn't go anywhere. Uh-huh. And so then by the end of the conversation, I'm like, so now, and then he said, well, you aren't, you don't seem so crazy like most anti-vaxxers. Um, so he said, so I guess you seem pretty normal. So I said, well, how many anti-vaxxers have you met? And he said, well, I guess you're the first person I've talked to. I'm like, <laughs> so what you're telling me is that you, as a, a highly educated guy, but not in the medical field, are willing to get angry at me because my child has a, had a physical reaction, a neurologic reaction, and you're ready to assume I'm one of those crazy anti-vaxxers, even though you've never met us before. So that means you are admitting that you are a victim to propaganda because there's no other explanation. Is that correct? He's like, uh, uh, I guess. And I said, and if you meet one of those, if you happen to meet an anti-vaxxer mom that is a little crazy, I want you to understand that I'm a medical doctor that has studied this for years now and out of pure necessity for survival. And I'm pretty fierce. So if you can treat me as an, as a medically less knowledgeable person because you're not in the medical field. So you can judge me and get angry at me like this. So you can imagine if you had a mother who was maybe was struggling just to get by, or they were taking care of a really injured child. They didn't have time to study for 24 seven, or they've been, they've been treating people. They've been treated like this for years by people like you who don't know any better, who judge them and have turned them into horrible human beings in your mind, imagine why they would not become crazy. Mm, so maybe mm-hmm. the next time you find a crazy anti-vaxxer mom, maybe have compassion for them and love them. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, I guess, you know, it's like, but it took me having to have him strapped to an airplane seat and take off to get him past that uncomfortable position. Because the guy who asked me the same question at lunch before I got on the plane slammed his tray down and yelled at me, how dare you, crazy anti-vaxxer. Your child did not have brain injury. Your child must have had um, a concussion when you were not looking. <laughs> I was like, so between Jeez. the vaccine, between her vaccines at 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock when she started with her high fever and screaming and crying, um, she managed to have a concussion when I wasn't looking. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> He's like, wow. clearly, because vaccine reactions don't happen. And he was a highly educated guy that's traveling um, in Europe. So, so. That's we're up against decades, decades. If that's regular lay people, non-medical mm-hmm. people, and they get that angry, mm-hmm. imagine the constant training in the medical profession. Like the last time I went to a medical conference, um, every, I mean, it was constant. Every lecture was on a new medicine for this disease. Nutrition doesn't work. And then you have to hear <laughs> all these crazy people complain about the flu shot. 
you know, and they go through all the talking points, you know, they don't get the, the flu from it. They would have gotten sicker had they not had the flu vaccine or it's a coincidence repeating this mantra oh. over and over again is repeated. Tens of thousands of people a year die from it. But actually, when I had even attending say to me, Kami, you're being irresponsible by going against the flu shot. Tens of thousands of people a year die. I'm like, actually, I won't say his name. You know, if you look up the actual National Vital Statistics records on the CDC website, only one to three thousand a year die. That 80,000 is based on a mathematical model. And really, there's even fewer some years. So it's not as lethal as what you think it is. It's like, I think as an academic professor, you should know better. You know, so I'm happy. What did he say? Oh, he didn't. He he shared with me some uh, news articles about how someone died from it. I'm like, oh, that's really cute. You showing me propaganda articles. I'm sharing with you science. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he shut up. I mean, he finally yelled at me last year, called me a quack for um, talking about the Wuhan lab potential being like a bioweapon and for talking about hydroxychloroquine and call me a crazy conspiracy anti-vaxxer. And he's a, you know, he's a professor at a really great university, but he would respond to me with, he and another doctor would respond with me with like TV articles. This is the propaganda articles. And I would share them literally science, science. Mm -hmm. And they would be like, did not want to hear it. This is over. This is years of this years of this. Actually, as a twin sister, they're all, they're all family physicians. So the twin sister is a pro vaccine activist who has already written a book on how to increase the uptake of vaccines. So she's like this poor girl is like between me and her twin sister. You know, like, we're like polar opposites. So the poor sister took years to finally listen to, um, sort of my story. She knew me and my kids, but she did not even, she could not even hear about my daughter's vaccine reaction until many years later. So she said, okay, okay. I'm finally hearing you. I hear you. Um, start sending me articles. So I started sending her articles, PubMed articles, CDC, mm -hmm. FDA. And finally she said, stop, she said, stop. I can't take it anymore. My twin sister's about to disown me and I need mm -hmm. to keep my twins. I love my twin sister. So her twin sister was ready to get furious with her because she's sharing only scientific articles and it did not support the narrative. So now that same friend just vaccinated her kids and posted, uh, proudly about her kids being vaccinated on Facebook mm -hmm. in spite of this being experimental. You know, so you have, but she's a follower. She's, she wants to stay out of trouble. She doesn't like conflict. So a lot of doctors don't like conflict. Right. 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 So a lot of people don't like conflict. I mean, this is, this like is really separating people and, and tearing up families and friendships and okay. It's, so Cammy, what real quick before I go. I only have like six more minutes. Um, oh, okay. There are, I, I want everyone to know there's these really cool booklets by Alex Berenson, this B-E-R-E-N-S-O-N, Alex Berenson. He has these part four of booklets that are short, quick reads of good talking points that if you feel like you need more information, it's, it's a quick read. I mean, they're small books and it, he just goes through the whole last year beautifully. Beautifully. Okay. Great. I have not finished his vaccine book, but it's fantastic. I highly recommend that. All I think is that now's the time to be brave. Five years ago, I kept telling people, just be quiet. Don't tell anyone. There's no need to rock the boat with your families because families were starting. The, due to propaganda, unlike 10 years ago, families were being split apart. Pediatricians were firing patients. I could go into a hole to talk about this stuff. But, you know, I was like, just stay quiet. Now, in the last year and a half, uh, two years, I've said, y'all, now is not the time to be quiet. We have to speak up. We have to be brave. We have to talk to our pastors, to our teachers, to our principals, to our friends. And if they don't want to talk to us, fine. Find the next person who's going to listen because it's going to take one person at a time to right. create this critical mass. We're going to have to overcome decades of TV propaganda and a year of lockdown being stuck to the TV in fear that we're all going to die we're going to kill grandma. We're telling our seven-year-olds, you're going to kill grandma if you give her a hug. You're going to kill grandma if you breathe on someone. You're going to kill some, you're going to kill your teacher, you know, but you have to do it out of love. It's out of love that you're going to protect them, right? Mm -hmm. So we have mm -hmm. traumatized an entire like world of people to, in fear, there's nothing else better than fear. Oh, there was actually a 1978 article in the like, American Journal of Psychology that studied how much fear do you need to induce into the public to create public health change. Wow. That, and they discussed, here's the, the too much does this, the too little does this, and here's the sweet spot. And this is what happens when you find that sweet spot in inducing fear to create public health change. This was studied back in the 1970s. In the we 70s. So this has been going on for a long, long time. 
long, long time. And that's just, you know, this is just one hour of us talking like, and this is just me and what, what, and I'm a busy mother of three kids, single mother who works two jobs now. So that's what, what I'm able to find. So there's people who know even more than me out there. And meanwhile, we are facing doctors just like we, we got to do It's about love. It's about protecting others. I'm going to sacrifice my child that has a one in a million chance of dying. There's 0.002% risk of dying. Um, they're not super spreaders, but I'm going to vaccinate my child with a vaccine that has more deaths this year than all vaccines combined in the last 15 years for the sake of the public good. <sighs> it's scary propaganda. It's time for us to be brave. We've got to stop hiding and sticking our head in the sand because if we don't, they're going to come for you. And someone said that one day, until everyone realizes or everyone feels their loss of freedoms, they're not going to realize that we were never free in the first place. And if we don't realize we were never free in the first place, we will never be free. Right. I hope everybody really hears this because I do think that we can turn this around, but people have to wake up and people have to stand up. We have to be brave. You have to be brave. Yep. You have to show up, call your legislators. You have to write them emails every week. At this point, this stuff is happening at warp speed. You have to call them every week. You have to write them every week to show them you're not going to tolerate. And those businesses that are still requiring masks or still requiring whatever, yeah. you don't support them. You mm-hmm. don't pay for their goods. Yep. You're like, fine, you don't get my business. And if we we have that power, but we have like, we have totally brought a, a population to their knees. And they're like, oh my gosh, if I could just earn my freedom with this vaccine, it's worth doing it. No, you are free. They're trying to convince you you are not free. We are free. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny because I just talked to a friend and that we were just talking about that. She's like, I want to travel. I said, it's not worth doing this to yourself. It's not worth it. And, and right now, that's the carrot that they're holding out. It's like, oh, if you get the vaccine, you can do all these things. Freedom in exchange for a medical procedure is not freedom. Mm-hmm. It's not. And if we keep caving because of the fear that someday we can't, then they have won. If we can stand here in solidarity and just say no, hell no, then they'll say, oh, wow, they're not listening. And then we can create a rumble. The silent minority, or I'm hoping silent majority, needs to speak up. We need to speak up now because we are losing our freedoms by the week. Yes. Oh, Cammy, I know you have to go. We, I could talk to you forever. Believe me. <laughs> how can how can people connect with you? Um, they can. Uh, my website is bentonintegrative.com. That's B-E-N-T-O-N, like bentonintegrative.com. Okay. And I'm in North Carolina, and I do have licenses in multiple states that should be listed on the website now. Okay. And we do functional medicine and direct primary care. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm also on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, but honestly, I'm not the one posting on Instagram, but I do post on a lot of my articles on Facebook. So look up Cami Benton at C-A-M-M-Y and Benton, B-E-N-T-O-N. And my little profile is a cartoon character. But <laughs> go to my page to look for the articles because they are shadow banning me and they only post probably a third of what I actually post. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even save most of what I post. Yeah. It's that bad, honestly. Wow. Well, I really, Cami, thank you so much for what you do and standing up. It's really important. And I know that there are, I think, I, I know there are a lot of, of healthcare professionals who would stand up if they weren't afraid of losing their jobs, right. uh, you know, their income, their, and their safety, the safety for themselves and their families. Well, you know what? Um, and then I got to go. I, I got, I did that whole fight there's a whole other conversation worth um with a flu shot i fought them and i got a four-month severance package over fighting them on the flu shot it was worth it because it's i was free to open my my own practice Mm -hmm. so losing a job is not the worst thing ever it gives you freedom to actually do what you love but i you wouldn't believe the number of doctors who are secretly sending me messages like i'm afraid and they're pretending on the surface you know but in the in the background they're like this is terrifying. I don't want to get this thing. How do I save myself? I'm like, you got to speak up. Yep. If you don't speak, you're the leader. We are leaders here. Speak up. The biggest criminals in Nazi Germany were medical doctors. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> yep. It's true. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Cammie. I really, really appreciate your coming on. And, um, and I've really, even though it's 
a topic that's not enjoyable, I have enjoyed <laughs> my conversation with you. <laughs> I've enjoyed it too. I always enjoyed this actually. So happy to help and, and I look forward to maybe another opportunity. Yeah, have- I was I was thinking of that. Let's let's talk about that later. Yes. Okay, great. Okay, thank you. Take care. Thank you. Good night. Good night. So everyone, I hope you really got this and I hope you share it with your friends and family because Cammie, she knows what she's talking about and she is standing up and uh, she needs to be heard. Remember the podcast website is realjanine.com and Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. Go to your favorite podcast provider to subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine. And if you prefer video slideshows, you'll find them on YouTube and now BitChute since I've been banned from YouTube. But all the previous ones are still up there. Do you know someone who would enjoy my conversation with Dr. Cami Benton? I'm sure you do. It's a great conversation. So please help out, share with friends and family. Thanks for listening. Take care and always be well. Be well.